Welcome to this episode of Hustle and Pro. I'm your host, Kelly Walker. And you might not know, but Frisco is a big gymnastics city. We actually have a lot of really good gymnastics here. And so today our guest, Becky Thomas, is leader of one of the powerhouse gyms that we have here in Frisco, which is Kurt Thomas Gymnastics. So welcome to Hustle and Pro, Becky. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you because you don't know me yet, but um, gymnastics is near and dear to my heart, like very. Um, When I was three, I started gymnastics because my parents owned a gym. So like when I, when I think about you and your story, I think, okay, now we were, we were very light into gymnastics. It was just a little like community thing. Um, but we did have some competitive gymnasts that went on to do big things, but, um, it was a big part of my life growing up being a gymnast and my two sisters, we were competitive gymnasts. And so, you know, we were that family for a long time. Um, and so I, I love gymnastics still, I can't do it still, but I love it so much. And I have a lot of respect for you and what you're doing over there. So I'm excited to talk to you for, for those reasons. Um, I definitely want to talk about Kurt and the gym and, and, um, a couple of things you have going on, but I want to talk about you also on hustle and pro. We like to talk about journeys of athletes and different things. And I don't know if our audience knows some of the things about you, probably not because I didn't myself. And I lived here in Frisco, like 11 years. (laughs) I try to keep my, uh, my, uh, my past under wraps a little bit so that I can, be more in the gymnastics world instead of in the dance world, but the dance world is definitely my world. Your world. Well then, okay. We can touch on it lightly, but I, I read that you were a Dallas Mavs dancer. I was, yeah. I was the only one on Mavs at the time that was married. And I was the only one with two kids, which was interesting with 52 home games and everything, but it was fun. I kind of did it after my dance career because I was in Dallas and it was one of the things that, uh, you could do here that was still dancing and a lot of dancing. I loved it. So yeah. You're kind of where you came, where gymnastics came in. Um, so you were a dance director for like women, USA gymnastics for the women's team. Is that right? No, I was, I helped with the women's team, um, at Bella's back in the day when I was in high school oh, and okay. I really thought, you know what, this is great and all, but I'm a dancer and, and the gymnastics world was so foreign to me. And I thought, this is tough. Like the, the stuff that these kids are doing, it's one thing for us to do a leap in a dance room, but, but on a, on a four inch wide beam, I was blown away by how hard the sport was. Yeah. So then I went on to dance professionally and I ended up being, um, uh, meeting Kurt actually on a cruise ship. I danced for a cruise line for about three years. And Kurt was on a, a ship for about a year and a half. And our last contract, we crossed over. So we ended up getting off together and I ended up uh, doing beam and floor uh, for a couple of the camps and, and uh, individuals that he was coaching. And I absolutely fell in love with it. I had no idea though, that from high school to you know, young adult, I would end up being back in gymnastics, but it kind of takes it. You mentioned it earlier. It takes a hold of you. Once it's in you, it's like you that passion. You, you, it's very hard to walk away from it. And if you do, you constantly watch it and think this is yes. the best sport ever. Yes, because it is so unique. And yeah, when you watch it, I mean, I watch it now looking at them going, I know that level I stopped at and why and how I was scared of certain elements. And I look at what they're doing now and I just think, 
I don't even know how they are well physically, but also just mentally getting to that point. But one quick thing you, you talked about, um, how you got to work with some of the gymnasts that Kurt was coaching at the time. So is that where like Shannon Miller and Kim Zemeskel and Dominique Dawes and Marciano come into play? Yeah, I ended up, Kurt was hired to, or Kurt and I were both hired to produce the 96 Olympic tour for John Hancock. And then we also produced the 2000 tour and the 2004 tour. So I went on as a a choreographer for those tours. So in that, I was able to do all the cities with the kids and and with Kurt at the time. And we were uh, city to city with the athletes. So I became really close with those athletes. And then I ended up choreographing for them, not just for the tour, but for things like rock and roll gymnastics and uh, the Reese's cup and and things like that. But it was a blast. And then, uh, Kurt, Kurt is just one of these bigger than life people, but he ended up signing a deal with, uh, a tour, a, the Detroit auto tour. Mm -hmm. So he, and that was after the, the actual tour had ended, but they decided they were going to take the tour and extend it in additional 23 cities. So Kurt was doing all the emceeing and everything. And they said, well, what are we going to do? You're gone. He said, ah, put Becky in it. She'll be fine. So I ended up staying with that group of kids living on the bus and I could pick between the guy's bus or the girl's bus. So I took Kurt's spot on the guy's bus only because they had better food because the girls didn't eat a whole lot and the guys ate a ton. <laughs> so I lived on the guys' bus with them. So I got to know the, that group, the 96 team and the, and the uh, two really, really well. So I ended up doing a lot of work with them later on in the future. That sounds amazing. Sounds so it fun. Was so cool. Those it was names so cool. are kind of like the names that I grew up idolizing and watching. Um, I mean, many more and a little bit of, I guess, one older generation than that, but still those names like, like the mill, the Miller and, you know, Shannon Miller was so big in my household um, and, and all those other girls, but that had to be amazing. Yeah. And they were really young kids at the time, which was so cool because they were, they're such good people. So everybody looked at them as these icons, you know, uh, Mochiano was on tour with us and Shannon Miller and and Dominique does all of them. And, and they're just really incredible people. And it was fun and, and interesting to watch that transition from major athlete that is training 10 hours a day to going to a tour where it's all fun and excitement and music, and they're more relaxed and you can, you can find out their personalities a lot better and kind of watch them come into their own. It was really, really cool. And those relationships I think will stay forever. Okay. Let's talk a little about Kurt's, um, background. And I think I'm thinking, what, what do you think? Is he most known for being the first like men's USA gymnast to win a world championship? Is that right? Yes. Yes. First, uh, gold medal, first medal ever, uh, for men. Uh, and he started a, a trend for men's gymnastics, you know, back in, in Kurt's day, it was packed there. There were no seats, everything was about men's gymnastics. And Kurt was the catalyst of that. He's the one that put the U.S. on the map. Didn't help that he was cute. So he had this heartthrob thing behind him and he was just the whole package for marketing. So it it took off and he uh, created, he was an innovator in our sport, which I think is really cool. So he has four skills named after him. One, the most famous one is the pommel horse one, which is the Thomas Flair. 
flair. And yeah. yeah. And, and still used today and used in break dancing, used in uh, gymnastics and used in the, the men's compulsories for years where they were required to do it. And it, it's just um, neat watching something that he was messing around with in a gym and came up with be a basic skill for everybody for the future for men. Yeah. Like a staple in the sport. And it's beautiful. Like it's one of those things that it is, it's like artistic, right? Just in the nature of how it looks and it looks simple and fluid, but it's probably probably (laughs) incredibly hard. Yeah. And and I remember him saying he was just in the gym doing circles. They call them circles with their legs are together. And it's just a basic skill. And he just started kind of splitting the circle and trying to split it and split it and split it and, and came up with the flair. And then the minute he did it in international competition, obviously it was named after him and yeah, he, he makes it look really, really easy. And, and he would be in here a lot trying to teach the girls how to do the flare on the floor try to teach them how to do it on beam, you know, and, and here he is in his sixties and they're looking at him like, I can't do that. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, definitely. And then he had a Thomas on a high bar. And also a Thomas on floor that they uh, banned from women's gymnastics because it was so dangerous. And then he had a a Thomas mount on P-bars. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that one. I'd heard of the others, but I didn't realize the the fourth one. Yeah. yeah. And you you mentioned how he was kind of the catalyst and sort of the face for men's gymnastics at the time. Oh, yeah. Um, He he was like the, the poster child, I think. I mean, he was on Good Morning America, the Today Show. Letterman and with Johnny Carson five times, five times. Yeah. And, and Johnny Carson loved Kurt because Kurt bantered with them all the time. And that was Johnny Carson's personality with, with the banter. And that's how Kurt, you know, he, you don't ever ask him, Hey, how do I look? If you're not secure enough to ask those questions, because you're going to get the honest answers from Kurt all the time. And Carson loved that banter. And, and then, you know, he was on the, he was this heartthrob, you know, Kurt and I are 15 years different. So a lot of this, I come to find out later, you know, I see him on covers of Tiger Beat and all these, you know, magazines and, and posters and stuff in, in uh, kids' rooms. And yeah, he became a very, uh, a very important icon for our sport and not just his gymnastics ability, but in the way he carried himself and the way that he promoted the sport. And that is what carried him and, and everybody behind him. I, I found out so much when we were together about how specifically a lot of male gymnasts, that was who they started because they saw Kurt. And I mm. hear that time and time again, but in, until things changed a couple of years ago, I didn't really understand the impact of that, but it, it was a, a major impact in our country. And it was because of him. They would have meetings in Russia before the Olympic games, before world championships. And their meetings would be, how are we going to beat Kurt Thomas? That was the meeting. How do we beat this kid? How do we, and it was all about uh, him. And, and that says a lot that other countries are noticing that if we can just beat him, then, then maybe we can get back to where we were. That's, that's how it was. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Um, and I, and I know that obviously after he was finished being a competitor, 
he was a coach and, and that's, that's where the birth of where you guys are now. You're sitting in Kurt Thomas gymnastics in Frisco. Now, when did that open? We started 25 years ago and we were in Vegas doing shows. He was doing an auto show. I was um, a headliner at a show called splash there. And we decided we were, we got married in Vegas and we decided we wanted to have children, uh, several months later and my family is in Texas. So we moved here and our goal in creating a family and having stability was to open a gym. So we opened our first gym in Plano in 1996. And we are now on our fourth move. Uh, and we've been in Frisco now for 12 years. And it's, we've, you know, at first it was interesting is a young married couple, or I was younger. So I have to say that because I'm 15 years younger, but very young, but he was, he was hit, uh, 40 when we got married and as a young couple with new kids and a new business, it was, it was not easy. It was incredibly challenging, but coaching for Kurt is something that, you know, most people, if they're a really good gymnast, they're a pretty good coach. And there are some that are okay gymnasts that are amazing coaches. And then we have coaches like Bella that were never a gymnast ever. Uh, but Kurt is a coach was just a different level of training. And, and I don't mean that in a hard way. I mean, these kids adore him. They, what can I do better? What can I, and, and he had this banter with them that was just awesome. And he would walk in and it made everybody in the gym, including the staff, want to be better at what we did. And I can't to this day pinpoint it or explain it. It was just an aura around him that he walked in and you thought, oh, God, I got, you know, or, or he'd say something. I was <laughs> I was with um, another coach on floor and both of us did uh, choreography a lot. And I remember one day he walked up to both of us and he said, all right, who's the one that did this routine? I hate it. Both of us looked at each other and we both pointed at each other. And it was her. It was her. And, we, and I don't even think at the time we even were thinking about who did it. It was just, I can't let him that one me. Disappoint. Yeah. And he would laugh, but he, but he had that, that effect on you where you just wanted to please him. And the kids uh, from a gymnastic standpoint were the same way they, they wanted, if he said to you, God, that was great you truly knew it was great. It, it, he, he wouldn't say anything negative, but he, he, he held those compliments close. And when he used them, it made you stand up and puff your chest out and feel like if he says it, oh my gosh, it's, it's gold. Right. But that's what makes you, what makes coaches great is when people around them, not even just their athletes, but then, you know, colleagues also want to be noticed by you and want to work harder to accomplish their own goals for you. You know, yeah, yeah. there is a magic behind that when you can find that formula somehow, and it isn't something you create. I think you have it. You no, have, it's a natural exactly. thing. I don't think you can learn how to be that way. You can learn how to be kind and you can learn how to be positive when you're coaching and you can adjust things to be better for each individual kid. But this is a whole different level of and it's not just respect. You, you just want to show him that you're not just capable, 
but you're great. And, and he believes in you. So you believe in him. It's, it's just a whole different thing. And like you said, I don't think it's anything you can really teach. You just have that presence about you. And he was this larger than life presence with the staff, the girls, his colleagues, we would go to meets and, and people literally would come up and just stand there. Like they wanted to say something to him, but they were a little afraid to, or, you know, and the kids here, really know. I mean, they were younger. So when people were asking for his autograph and taking pictures with them, they're like, that's just Kurt. What are, right. what are you doing? Just our coach. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and that's part of why it was so hard. Um, you know, this hard topic of him passing, um, and it hasn't been that long. Um, I feel like it's still fresh. Um, yeah. but that is probably why it was such a such a hard hit to the community and probably to your gym. And I'm guessing very unexpected thing. Um, to lose someone like that, you know, a larger than life personality. Yeah. It's been uh, 14 months and 10 days since Kurt passed away. And, Mm. um, I think that, and it was very sudden and he is probably healthier than anybody I know. And that morning we were hanging out and going to brunch and we walked four and a half miles and with dogs and having a blast. And, um, I think, for me, especially, I just assumed Kurt would outlive all of us. He, he just, um, like I said, larger than life and incredibly healthy. But the girls, that, um, ooh, that's, the, that's one of the hardest parts because Kurt and I coached a specific group on our own. And, you, you know, I felt the need to make sure I was here for the kids. So 10 days after mm-hmm. the last way, I was back in the gym making sure the girls were okay. But what I realized that does too, is I'm trying to hold them up, but I'm not in a position to do that. So it was, it was really difficult and and they're still mourning and the the coaches are still mourning. And we have days where the kids will just break down in tears um, and say, I just miss him. I just need him back. And, you know, that causes the, that, you know, I'm, I'm the same way or, you know, his birthday here, um, was rough, is rough. And I see them looking at his pictures on the wall all the time. I'll just catch them in a moment of their own and knowing how to navigate that I'm a mom of, of two children, but this is a whole different, um, a, a whole, whole different concept of any of that. I mean, I don't think anybody's prepared for this, but when you're a coach and you care about these girls so much. It's very hard to separate their morning from mine and pick them mm-hmm. up. And, but I, I have to say our staff, they, they were incredibly, um, incredibly uh, devastated, obviously too. And they found it necessary to step in here every day and try to build these kids up and try to move forward with what Kurt wanted and his vision and his love for and passion for the sport and love for the girls. And so I think that in a lot of ways, every day carries us. Yeah. That's great that they were there for you and that they were a resource and support system for not only you, but all the girls, because gymnastics is a unique situation. It's not, it's not the same, you know, hour practice here or there, or even a couple of days a week thing. It is a lot of time. It is a long, long-term, long practices, often practices you, when you're in the gymnastics world, like that is your family. You spend a, a lot of time with your gymnastics team. Oh yeah. We spend more time with these children than their parents do. And mm-hmm. I think because of that, we have a very big responsibility 
to make sure that they're, it's not just about gymnastics, that they're good kids. Um, but going through something like this, he was our everything. He was our, our leader, our mentor, our laughter. He was everything. And, and, and not knowing how to move forward that, you know, I, I say to the girls and I've, I've tried really hard to bring Kurt into a lot of the conversations we have on events. And I would say things like Kurt would tell you that stinks, that really stinks. And they'll laugh and go, yep, that's exactly what he'd say. Or, you know, they're crying and saying, I can't, I can't do it. I don't, I, I don't know. Kurt's not here. And I'd say, what would he say to you? What, what would he tell you? And, and they'll tell me, he'd say, stay tight on this, focus on that. It's okay. Well, then you can hear him. So you need to listen. And so we try to um, keep those things in perspective for the girls and, and help them understand that he he's here. He he's in every part of everything we do in this building. Um, But as a wife, there are probably more days that I do, then I don't walk out of here. And the minute I hit the parking lot, I just break down because, you know, we watch for him to walk in the door every day. I mean, it's just part of what we're going through. I feel that personally. I I feel for you. I um, lost my dad suddenly when he was my coach, um, when I was a teenager. And just like you said, you, you still remember what he would be telling you. Yeah. As you continue on in that sport, you know, oh, this is what he would have said. And I still think of those things as an adult, but as an adult, I now think back and think, oh, what my mom would have been going, what she was going through at the time I was a kid. And so, you know, you don't know the adult perspective, but now as a mom of two and as an adult, and, um, we're now about the age of that. He suddenly passed away as a, you know, he was too young, but I think about that all the time, like how incredibly hard that would have to be for her. So I, I do, I, I, I've sympathized with you and, um, I'm yeah. sorry that you're going through it and, and it's going to be something that you will like for me personally, it is a lifelong thing that I, I never shake it. It, it changes and yeah. it has lessened, but I never will shake it. Yeah. And I think only people that have dealt with loss can kind of understand. I mean, for me, our marriage, our uh, married 24 years, our marriage was incredible. And I'm incredible. We were attached at the hip. We worked together, had two great kids together. Everything we did was together. There was nothing that I did on my own. Um, so when this happened, you know, everything's different now. I watch, I don't watch the same things on TV. We, we would eat together. I don't have that. Our, our group of friends is different because the group of friends is couples. So either they're mourning Kurt too, so they don't want to go, or I become this third wheel and that's not comfortable for them either. And I mean, it, it, it the list goes on and on and on. Um, I am grateful that my kids are on the older side. Um, when Kurt passed away, they were 20 and 22, um, almost 21 and 23. And I can't imagine if my kids were younger, how to navigate what I was going through and still be a good mom. And even now I struggle with that. I struggle with uh, the fact that I'm still trying to figure out how to put one foot in front of the other. And in doing that, in some ways I feel selfish because I'm still trying to make sure I'm here. So my kids, I've let them kind of figure out things on their own a little bit too, so that I, and that's okay. That's okay. It is not selfish. Not at all. You it's part of being a mom. It's hard to, to do that. But part of being a mom is being a bit selfish to make sure you're good also. Yeah. So you're them. not, you know, so I can be good for the kids here and my own kids and, and I can, mm-hmm. I can get stronger every day and make it through. I feel like I'm healing and I, and, and that's a good thing, but I feel like with Kurt, um, 
to know him was just, I just can't, I can't say enough about the kind of personality and, and the, the larger than life thing. And it, it brings us, you know, back to the foundation thing. I'm, I'm watching all these people come out of the woodwork, some that I knew before, some that I never knew, but I heard Kurt talk about because, because of our age difference, there was a whole nother group of people uh, in his gymnastics years that some of them I know and most of them I don't. So it's really interesting now to hear these stories and, and more about his life before me. Uh, because Kurt, he wasn't a humble person. He would tell you how awesome he was all the time, but you didn't get a lot of details. So it's interesting to listen to everybody else's perspective and how he inspired them and how his confidence just carries. I mean, it, you just go, geez, so cool. So what is the, what is, um, let's end with that on a good note. What is the foundation's purpose and what do you want people to know about that? So when, right after, not right after Kurt passed away, but I'd say about three months after, and I was still really struggling with how to move forward. I, um, literally just thought to myself, what can I do to take my focus into something that is amazing and will carry on Kurt's name? And I remembered that Kurt had started a foundation in 2003 and the foundation that it started, I was part of it, but not a huge part of it. It was uh, mainly Kurt doing it. And one of our close friends was in there helping him. And he had this vision of the foundation to help men's gymnastics, to give back to the sport. There was a whole inner city program part of it too, that I haven't even gotten into yet. Uh, but the, the foundation itself was this awesome idea, but because we had kids and our babies were new and we were running a new business, we just tabled it and we never did anything with it. So I literally that day got on the phone and called the, the person, uh, Lori Bannon, who had originally done the the foundation with Kurt. And I said, look, this is what I want to do. I want to start it back up. I want to take it to the next level. And she said, I'm in. And within five days, I had a a team of 10 board of directors and I had incorporated it. It's a 501c and restarted it and filed all the paperwork and went all in on everything to do with the foundation. So the main goal of the foundation at this point is to raise money for gymnastics itself but more so even gymnastics itself are the men's the men's gymnastics program it needs funding it needs there are kids that want to train that can't afford to train uh so that's what we're doing so the foundation is putting on its first inaugural gala in september and it's a who's who of gymnastics i'm totally excited about it we have 14 olympians that are attending right now Wow, um, and I'm sure we'll add more. And they all want to support Kurt's vision. We're giving away a twelve thousand dollar training scholarship to one of the the uh, applicants that applied. That is amazing, and and he uh, was just chosen last week. He lives with his grandparents, so he can train. And training is very expensive, so that twelve thousand dollars goes to his club uh, to cover his expenses for him for the year. And we're giving away. Um, uh, that scholarship, but hopefully in the future, more than just the one. We are also doing the Flair Award, which is really near and dear to my heart, which is a replica of the statue that's out in front of the 96 games by Richard McDonald. And he jumped in as a sculptor and is giving us uh, sculptures to give each year. And it's to somebody that demonstrates the same amount of passion for the sport and the drive to help keep gymnastics going 
that is going to be given out at the uh, gala as well, which I'm really excited about. And it's something that will carry on Kurt's legacy. And then as the foundation grows, that inner city element and things. But I, I have to tell you, one of the coolest parts about this was two weeks after I decided it, I got a package in the mail from one of Kurt's friends. His name is Scott, and they had worked close together. And I didn't realize Scott was involved in the foundation at all. And I had mentioned in passing that I was bringing it back and he sent me a packet. And this packet was all of Kurt's handwritten notes, who he wanted on the board, what he, what the vision was. I get the chills talking about it, what the vision was, what he hoped to do over the course of a five-year period, what, what was important to him. And it's all handwritten in his, Oh my gosh. And it was one of those things where I opened it and thought it's Kurt. He's just telling me, here you go. This is how you do it. No, you can't written out for you. So here you go. I'm going to help you. And that's incredible. It just was such a calling and so amazing. So, um, yeah, I feel like that is exactly where I'm supposed to be. The gym was something we built together that will always be with both of us. And then the foundation Mm -hmm. is something that I hope in the future will do such incredible things for our sport. So that's, that's the hope. And that's, I love it. It gives me chills hearing you talk about it and seeing you light up when you talk about it and the the plans and his written plans that were, you know, given to you later. I love it. It's just very impactful. It's going to change some kids, some people's lives. Yeah. And to see it in his writing, you know, his writing is very distinct. So to see it like that was, um, not just what we kind of remember him saying he wanted or, or not just what we thought he may want. It was, this is what I want. This is what the goal should be. And this is what we need to do. And I, I just, God, it was a godsend. It was a literally God-given thing. Great direction for you yeah, literally, for to sure. know the directions, to know the direction of the foundation. I yeah. love it. And um, I'm so glad I learned about it. I will, I'm going to look into it more I being a local do. in this community and a gymnast lover, a gymnastics yeah. lover. I'm going to check it out so I can help um, get involved too. Oh, that would Becky, be awesome. I, I appreciate, I can hear the floor music going on in the gym behind <laughs> you and I love it. Yeah, I, I, I know. And I see the pictures of Kurt on the wall behind you. I know the podcast listeners can't see it all, but, um, but I love it so much. So I am, I'm, I'm honored to have gotten a chance to meet you and talk to you, explore a little bit of your story and Kurt's story and y'all's story together and the gym and the foundation. So thank you thank for your you. time. And I appreciate being able to talk about him and, and how incredible he was, is, and, and what he'll keep bringing to our future. It's exciting. And thank you for listening to this episode of Hustle and Pro. Do me a favor and review and rate our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. We'll see you next time.